Yes, welcome to the No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shanam, Mr. Rob, and Zane. Today we have a very special guest. Happy to have her here, Marissa MJ Savino. Thank you, Marissa, for joining us this evening. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. You, you know, I wanna, I wanna give you your props. I know we talk backstage, but I wanna give you your props on camera. A lot of the guests that we have been able to get on No Ideas Original as it has been as a result of working with MJ. You know, so when you see the special ed, Billy Dan's, MC Shan, Rampage, Marissa's the go-to for that. So thank you for facilitating that. I really appreciate it. Of course, it's a pleasure working with you fellas. I appreciate everything you guys do for the culture. Thank you, thank you. So tell us a little bit about MJ. You know, where'd you grow up? How'd you end up getting into hip hop? Um, and you know, what you grew up listening to? Well, I grew up listening to hip hop. Um, you know, for me, it was the women in hip hop. Um, <clears throat> you know, them coming out and, and having their own style um, and doing what the, what the men were doing in hip hop. And they were able to be just as successful as them and hold their own in a male da you know, dominated industry. Um, for me, that was it. I mean, I was hooked ever since then, especially, you know, growing up as, as a teenager, you're trying to kind of identify who you are and, you know, the lane you want to be and the person you want to be. So when they came out and they were just, they had their Tims, they had their jeans, you know what I mean? It wasn't no like, you know, sexy video vixen type thing. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, I was in awe. I was literally like blown away. Like, wow, they're holding their own. And some of them were even better than some male rappers. That's a fact. <laughs> it is a fact. Yeah, it's a fact. <laughs> it is a fact. So, and I've also always been a writer. Um, I've been a published uh, poet since I was nine. So, you know, writing and music kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. So both have always really been my passion. Um, <clears throat> but career-wise, it really didn't take off until about 2010. Prior to that, I was a, um, a social worker for about 20 years. <clears throat> And then I just, you know, a lot of people were hitting me up saying, you know, you should be doing this, you know, all the time. And so that I kind of took a, you know, big leap of faith and hung up my social worker hat. It was time anyway. I mean, 20 years, you get burnt out in that field. Yeah. <laughs> so and and that's what I did. I kind of just took, you know, a big leap of faith and, and started MJ's Hip Hop Connects. And at first it just kind of started with blogging. Um, and writing for magazines. Um, and then a couple of managers would reach out to me to do interviews for the magazines I was writing for. So, you know, the first major interview that I did was Rampage. And we're going back years, years and years. <laughs> so we've been rocking for almost a, more than a decade now. Um, and then once people, you know, called, when did that, then other people would start hitting me up for some, you know, interviews and PR work. Um, and then it just kind of gave me the confidence to say, yeah, you know what, I, I, I definitely, I can do this. Um, the first year, of course, you always doubt yourself, can I really do this? Is it going to be lucrative? Can I make a living mm -hmm. off of it? Um, but because the passion was always there and never left, it just, it kind of just all mapped out and going strong. Is it an equal, le equal level of stress, social work and <laughs> being a publicist for some of the entertainers? Yes, and you know what? They kind of go hand in hand. Um, definitely because, um, I mean, you can plan out your day with your with your fancy planner, but nothing is ever going to go that way. You know, you're getting pulled in, you know, 20 different directions. Um, so in terms of like the chaos, absolutely. Um, it's also, it also goes hand in hand other ways too. Like um, when, when you think about the rewards, especially when you're working with an up and coming artist, who really has, you know, no fan base, no platform, um, is maybe just putting out their first single. You get to be part of that, you know, progression and you get to be part of their growth, you know, to see the end result. So from prepping somebody for interviews or prepping somebody from an open mic to maybe a year later and now they're opening up for headliners. You know, wow. so and that's the same thing with social work. You know, you're you're rebonding re families, um, you're helping kids get out of detention centers, you, you know, a whole bunch of stuff like that. So they definitely go hand in hand, definitely. Okay. 
ask you this is fundamental. What makes a great artist? What makes a great artist? Well, what doesn't make a great artist is an artist that thinks that they can just get on the mic and that's all they have to do. <laughs> um, I think a lot of times um, now, because technology has taken over everything, that's really the mindset of an artist where I can just make a hit song and technology will do the rest. Um, but in you know, in my professional and personal opinion, because I am always a fan first, um, we really need to take it back to A&R's, artist development, boots to the ground. You know, when people are putting stickers and posters and selling music out of their cars. Um, you need to be out on the street. You need to find out who is the hottest DJ in your city and go to every gig they're, they're at so they can become familiar with you and vice versa. They'll start playing your music, building relationships. Um, you know, that networking is so important and they need to know the business. They need to know how to register their music, all of that. It's not just getting on the mic. Um, and it's very crucial too, to have a team backing you and knowing the role of everybody on your team because everyone has different roles, a manager, a booking agent, a publicist. We all have different roles. So, you know, that's the first thing I say to artists, you know, it, it's just not about putting out, you know, getting on the mic and blowing steam in the booth. That's not an artist, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta do some homework out there, man, because it's tough out there. And, and look, I just read up what a publicist is, man. I would like to know, what's your daily, what, what's your day look like for you? <laughs> I can imagine. I think of did maybe the phone rang again. <laughs> yeah, she might have to come out again and go back. Go back in. Yeah, I could, I mean, you st I guess you know that's probably what the day looks like. You filled in calls all day. Oh man. Probably getting denied and all sorts of things. Yeah. Can you hear? Can't. We still can't hear you. Yeah, we still can't hear you. Yeah, that's what they got going on, man. Planning events. And you gotta imagine having artists like Rampage, Billy Dance. Imagine all these guys, this is the 90s. Everyone is popping. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we can. Is it, did you get, you got another call? I did, but I didn't touch it this time. Um, if you can, probably see if you could put your phone on Do Not Disturb, so that way it doesn't even ring. Because it must, whenever it rings, it that's what it must do. It must deactivate the microphone. See, I'm still new to all this, all this stuff, all these video interviews. I will definitely do that. <laughs> oh man! All right, so just give me a second to do that. Sure. All right, I think I'm good now. There you go. Oh my God, no. worst interview ever. <laughs> no, 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 no. We we have we 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 have Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, yeah, Rob, what was your question? No, I was saying, you know, as you explained between social work and what you do now, man. How? What is it? What is the? What is it like being a publicist daily? 
Well, it's it's a lot. I mean, especially when you're, you know, a one woman army. Um, it, it's literally from the minute you open your eyes to the minute you close your eyes. So, you know, I have about 15 artists I'm working with just strictly for radio campaigns. Um, each of them at like 10 interviews each. Then I have, you know, people who want blog placements. Um, I have about 15 or 20 people that are, you know, looking to get into the blogs. Um, then you have album release parties, you know, that you're planning, um, social media promotion. Um, it's a lot. DJ blasts, EPKs, press releases. And, you know, every artist has their own personalized campaign. So, you know, every day you're kind of doing a little bit of everything. You know, it's, it's never the same. Um, you know, I can say tomorrow, I mean, I have my planner out and I, and I can see what I'm going to do tomorrow, but then it's also, you know, we also have um, Arrested Development. They have their virtual album release party tomorrow. So of course that's gonna you know, every, ride everything else out that I was supposed to do tomorrow. I, and I hope some of my artists are not listening right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but we're really excited about that. I just gotta throw that in there. It's gonna be at 7 p.m. Um, it's uh, June Archer from This Is 50 is hosting it with DJ um, chaotic and we have a lot of the features from the album who are going to be joining us we have master ace we have uh fat man scoop is going to be joining us possibly big daddy kane um so really excited about that and that's tomorrow at 7 p.m really hyped. and this is actually their first first album that they've had equally scaled artists featured on their album so it's nothing but legendary artists that they that they brought in on this album so this is their best one to date thus far, so we're really yeah, excited. I hear from the from the names you just you just mentioned sound yes. like they may be working on a classic. Yeah, it's this album is so hot. You'll be getting it. I'm gonna be I'm servicing it actually tomorrow, so you guys oh, will definitely have it. I want to I want to ask you because you mentioned um, radio with the advent of streaming services. What's your what's your take on radio? Do you feel like radio still plays a huge role in everything? Or absolutely independent independent radio, absolutely mm -hmm. internet radio, absolutely um, FM radio. I'm I'm not a fan of. I can't even tell you the last time I personally listened to FM radio. Um, <clears throat> but I think honestly, it's a disservice to a lot of the, to a lot of the artists. Um, and a lot of times they're focused on, I want to be on, you know, Hot 97 and all these other big stations, but you know, you're investing three, four, five thousand dollars to have one track in rotation, possibly up to 30 days. And then after that, it's up to the director to decide if they want to keep it in rotation. Yeah, right. That's $5,000 you can be investing in so many other avenues. And I try to explain to them with internet radio, the reach is phenomenal. Right. I mean, all across the globe, domestically and internationally. And not only that, nowadays, the majority of the internet stations are syndicated on other stations. So if you're my artist and, you know, I get you guys on, um, you know, your station and let's say you're syndicated on 50 other stations and your one song in one night got 50 spins. How about that? Yeah. So when you break it down like that, they, they kind of understand it. And I tell them, you know, it's it's crucial to make sure you're registered with, with uh, DRT. That way you can see where your spins are, you know, are going, what location, how many times it's being spun. You'll see that breakdown <clears throat> in FM. You're not going to see that breakdown. You're just going to pay your money and listen to the radio and hope you hear it <laughs> on, you know, they're not going to tell you, you know, you know, it doesn't work like that. Um, you know what I think that's about. I think that's like, um, almost like with the, um, when major labels, when the switch, the switch from major label to independent label and how people were reluctant to make the switch and no matter how much you pitch people on you can make more money being independent i think people always get roped into yep. the optics the optics of it like oh my record played on hot 97 or my record right. played on power 105 the reality of it is that power 105 and hot 97 probably have 20 records in rotation same right. 20 songs you may hear all exactly day. you know so exactly. I, I don't know why get roped in roped into that other than the optics exactly you know? and that's what it is that's exactly where it is. So, you know, 
part of what I do is kind of just, you know, sit them down and, and break it down. Like, you know, simplify it. Like you're going to be getting paid more if you do the internet, internet route, you know what I mean? Versus FM radio. If you register, if you're licensed, you will see, you know, the money coming in for your music. But, you know, especially with the younger ones, they're just kind of stuck on, you know, I want to be on this, I want to be on that, or, oh, hey, I see you work with, you know, Onyx and MLP and get me on Sway, get me on this. And it's like, you know, pump your brakes a minute. <laughs> you know, let's let's rewind a minute. There's there's steps to this. And again, that's where A&Rs come in and that's where artist development comes in. And because we're in this, this technical world, a lot of that has fallen to wayside, unfortunately. Right, right, right. You know what? Shout out. I mean, it's a good job, but shout out to, uh, for the UTM radio. I was banging UTM radio before we came on, too, man. Were you really? <laughs> what? And, and, and the, the fact that I was liking it so much, they played Flea God, which I know Straight Bangers had an artist called Flea God on, and it was playing a lot of underground mm -hmm. stuff. I was like, yes. This is radio. Yes. Right? I'm so excited. Playing songs, whoever playlist or DJ was playing songs off an album, I was like, someone's digging in the creek. <laughs> they no, not, they're, not, they're not just like FM radio. They're not playing the favorite shit. They're not yep. playing whatever you wants to hear. They're playing them joints. I heard Snoop joints, Jay joints. I was like, I ain't never heard that. Yeah. Also, not be held to advertisers. Right. That, that, that yes. helps. How, how did you manage with the artists during the shutdown? You know what? Actually, the shutdown was very good for business. Um, I think because, you know, a, a lot of people, a lot of artists were out of work, um, so they had more time to put into their craft. Um, so I was extremely busy during the shutdown. And, you know, I really didn't think I was going to be, you know, I was kind of worried for a little bit. But no, I mean, artist, some of the artists that I work with put out their best music during the shutdown. It's crazy. It really is. Some of them found, you know, new sounds. Um, some of them started uh, new endeavors. Um, see Knowledge from Diggable Planets is working on a comic strip. Like everyone just kind of, you know, delved into new, you know, creative juices during the shutdown. So, yeah, it, it, it was great for me. I had yeah. been for shut you down. The rest yeah. of the think for yourself for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like this stuff came out of that. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll tell you, it was um, the with the pandemic afforded us the opportunity to have conversations with these people who, you know, if things kept going along the way they were, probably wouldn't have had the time because they were so busy touring and doing other right. things. So from that standpoint, that respect, you know, during COVID, the height of COVID, we had the opportunity to have conversations with people who may not have necessarily had the time to right. do it. And I think that I don't know if artists interpret it as a way for them to really re-engage their fans or re-engage um, smaller platforms and things like that. But I saw a lot of that. I saw more lives, yes. Instagram lives with artists than I ever saw prior to COVID. Yes. Yeah, you definitely saw their hunger come out because they, they were just like, I can't just sit and be stagnant. You know what I mean? I have to use this opportunity somehow. And yeah, they were doing, um, you know, the other major artists were doing the big uh, pay-per-view live events, you know, yeah. Yeah. everybody was just kind of just laying out a new blueprint, you know, so they can stay, you know, with their craft during all this. Right. right. Give, give, me, give me an example of a successful promotional event you've been a part of. A successful promotional event. Oh, let's see. Um, I would say definitely uh, Arrested Development. Um, last year, we had another album release, um, a virtual album release party, which was which was really, really a big hit. Um, we have the one tomorrow. Um, I mean, in terms of events, it's, it's more so that I'm doing um, promotional for the artists, for their projects, for their albums, videos, etc., like that. So, um, 
But I think that the most success that I've seen is definitely linking them with um, DJs and radio hosts um, because they have gone on and built their own relationships with those people. And because of that, they've, you know, been able to perform at different events and festivals and, and things like that. So I've definitely seen the success that way. Like, oh, hey, I linked them and wow, look at what they're doing now. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> right, right, right. Is, 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 the speech, is, is the speech doing something with Kane? Yes, they, um, Kane is on his album, um, and we're hoping he's he should be coming on tomorrow, the virtual album listening party. That song is called Vibe, and they released that, um, I think they released that maybe three weeks ago, as the lead release from the new album. Um, a very, very dope song. Very, very dope video as well. <clears throat> that, that speech texted me now. Let me know when everyone is going to come on for that. <laughs> I said, I, we, we need time slots when everyone's coming on. I'm not going to answer him, though, because then I won't hear you. <laughs> it's, um, I, I've heard this cliche before. You can tell me if it's true or not. Is all publicity good publicity? No. Just like all money is not good money. There you go. Keep it real. Right. Absolutely. I've turned down a, a, a lot of artists, um, mainly because they didn't want, they didn't want to hear anything. They didn't, they didn't want the artist development. They just wanted to do what they wanted to do their way. And okay, go ahead, go out to the wolves. You'll be back. Um, so definitely. And the same thing with publicity. No, there's, there's, you have to know where you need to target yourself. And again, that's why you need a team. You know, I have a lot of trap artists hit me up and say, oh, I want to be on this platform and this blog post and this magazine. And I'm like, well, have you done your research on those platforms? Because they're anti-trap. So why am I going to put you on that platform? It's not going to benefit you or myself because everything that I'm doing has my name and my stamp on it. So we're not going to disservice you because then we're going to disservice me. And we can't have that. So again the artists really need to be learning the business and and learning that you know the graphics of where they want to be targeted and who they want to be targeted um th there's a lot of subcultures in rap you know and my big thing is regardless of the lane that you're going in you have to know the history of hip-hop and you have to respect the history of hip-hop regardless of the lane whether you're an artist or whether you're behind the scenes or whatever and again, going back to, you know, all money's not good money. A lot of the younger cats these days, they don't they don't want to do that. They don't want to take the time to learn the history, you know, to get the guidance. They don't want it. Yeah, I, you know, I appreciate the fact that you would even make that a prerequisite. I'm wondering for some of our older artists that are more established, I think it's probably easier to sell them on these concepts of development right. and everything. They used to working with record labels and teams. Right. And advisors right. and having counsel. But for these newer artists, everything is microwave. It's like, all right, we got the internet. Yep. What, why, do we need, why do we need all this stuff? Do you blame that on the artists or do you blame that on record labels for doing away with A&Rs? Because now you don't, all you got to do is get hot on YouTube or get hot in the street right. real quick. And then right. artist development kind of out the window. Right. I, I personally, put the blame and I don't like the word blame but I, I personally put it on the artist because a lot of the industry too is is you're being self-taught you're teaching yourself you're educating yourself on a lot of stuff as well so you know they they really need to come in open-minded and if they don't see opportunities or, or people or things or platforms that are available to them they have to create them or find them so the same goes into, you know, doing your homework and things like that. And, and let me see how artists did it back in the day, because if social media shut down right now, do I have a presence in real life? Do I have a fan base in real life? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I do. I put it on the artist. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to tell you, too, one of the one of the great things about working with um, Rampage um, and Billy Dan's is because they really work hard to kind of bridge that generational gap in hip hop. Absolutely. We have our um, official Heat DJ call every every month, once a month with that Rampage host. So a lot of the new artists get to come on and break their break their record for all the DJs on the line. I have about like two to three thousand DJs, bloggers, music execs, labels on the line for each call, and they get feedback. 
from all the DJs. And then also during that call, we'll have legendary artists, you know, the OG artists come on the phone and, and talk gems and talk jewels and give them knowledge. And a lot of them that, that are on the line are really, really receptive. You know what I mean? And, and that's a beautiful thing. So that platform, we get to have them interact so they can, and they can learn and vibe off of each other. Cause a lot of the OGs, um, especially Billy Dan's, a lot of his new music that he's making, he's incorporating a lot of new sounds and innovative sounds into his music. You're still getting Billy Dan's MOP, but he's introducing some of the younger, you know, younger producers, younger artists that are, you know, featured on his tracks. So if we have more of that, then I think the younger generation would be a lot more open to, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. People are more receptive when it's, when, when, you know, it comes from a place of collaboration rather yes. than talking down on them, telling them, this is what Absolutely. y'all to be doing. This is how we did. They don't, they don't want to hear that. But if you, right. if they put you as a person who has made it and you're willing to collaborate with them, then I think exactly. that, that works for a better relationship. Yes. <clears throat> Definitely. Okay. How would you handle a PR price? Oh, I'm in the middle of one right now. Oh, so I was, I was, I was, I was going to ask something similar too. <laughs> oh my goodness! So but I'm kind of in the middle of one right now, and of course it happens when I'm not feeling too hot or at my or at my best. But we had, um, we had a blogger post on a major site um, fraudulent information about an artist that I particularly work with and have been, you know, doing PR for him for quite some time now. Um, so of course my phone is ringing off the hook. My email is, is going crazy and, and people are, are trying to pull him off of every platform that I've, you know, scheduled him for. So interviews and now other blogs don't want him on the blogs and, you know, why are you promoting him? So the dilemma that and, and it's funny because the, the website that um, posted this article is, is a major site that I personally write for too. Wow. So <clears throat> we're in the middle of having the artists go live and um, without being in their emotions or feelings, kind of just objectively, you know, addressing the public and the fans and, um, you know, giving his side of the story right. um, and really it's just it's not even a he said she said thing it's just you know this one wears fake this this one has fake streams but it's just <laughs> the way that the article was written and the platform right. that it was on a major platform um, it, it, it put us in a, a little, little bit of a scare so you know so then I have to stop what I'm doing and reach out to all these you know, radio host and kind of put them at ease that, you know, you can still have them on the show for an interview, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, a lot of times you do have to put out fires. Um, I don't show those public fires though. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't put them out in the public. This, this all happens definitely behind, behind the scenes, but yeah, a lot of fires go out. That's right. That's the, that's the social worker and you doing that coaching. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's exactly what it is. And you being a writer, I also wanted to know how powerful are the uses of words? Apparently, we just, you just gave a description. Someone writes false information that's put yes. someone up in the hot seat. But as a writer, you know, tell us how powerful words are to, 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 you know, to the dialogue. The, the, the words and the dialogue is, for me, um, personally and professionally, is crucial. Um, you know, we want to turn on, we want to hear music that is gonna, you know, raise our neck hairs and give us chills and make us think and, you know, motivate us all at once, all at once. So there had, oh, that artist is going live right now to address the public. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> the, the content has to be something that everyone can grasp and really grip onto and relate to um, real life stories. You know, I'm not a fan of hearing people glorify certain things. However, 
if you came up from that and now here you are and you flip that and now you're doing something positive from a negative and you're sharing that story with the world, then people can embrace that and, and be motivated and empowered to do the same thing. Right. Um, so for me, content is very, very important. The lyricism, storytelling, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of storytelling. Um, you know, punchlines from beginning to end, you know, that, ooh, you know what I mean? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it also, everything else has to fall in sync too. So if you have all that, but the production is off, mm, you know what I mean? If the melodies are not in flow, then mm, it, it really has to be the total package. And that's where perfecting the craft comes in. And again, a lot of the younger guys, they just want to get in the booth make a song, put it out, then they're a one hit wonder. You know, back in the day, as fan, as a fan, I remember waiting months and sometimes a year for my favorite group to drop an album. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because so much time was put into it to make sure that everything flowed and everything was in sync. Yeah. I want to go back to what Rob was saying in terms of like the um, the PR stuff and just get your take on it. So two artists that I'm, that I'm thinking of, one I know definitely had a public relations nightmare going on. And another one, I don't know if they're aware, but I, I see it brewing for them. So the first one is, and I don't know if you follow this stuff with the baby and his antics at the concert. Did you hear about this? I did hear about it. How would you handle that from your, your perspective uh, as his publicist? <laughs> It, it, it's tough um, when things like that come up because for me, I'm very blunt, and very straightforward. And sometimes I have to kind of loosen myself down um, <laughs> because, you know, a, a lot of people do things on purpose because they feel press is any press. So if I go out here and act a fool and I go out here and do A, B and C, which maybe I wouldn't normally do, Everyone's going to be talking about me. Everyone's going to be streaming about me. I'm going to be here, here, and here, and there. But what they don't think about is their true fans. How are your true fans going to react to this? How are they going to take it? So now because you're doing this, you know, these big publicity stunts, yeah, you might gain some some new fans or followers, but, but what about the ones who would have been with you from day one? You know, what are you doing to them? You know what I mean? So that that it's a tough one it really is a tough one um a lot of times artists will feel stagnant and feel that they have to pull some kind of you know publicity stint so they're not stagnant anymore and you know they're more relevant and all eyes are on me and they're going to be watching my every move now and you know how can i top myself now but sometimes you just gotta kind of pop that ego bubble and just kind of sit down and, and, and bring it back to reality like look that's not that's that's not how we do it yeah. there's there's steps to this <laughs> that's not how we do it acting a fool is is not going to benefit you in the long run and then the other person i think that i see is like having like a public relations issue which i don't think a lot of a lot of people may not see it is it's, i don't know if you follow talib Kweli on social media Tyler I do. Feels compelled to respond to every unfavorable comment. Right. And that would drive me crazy if I was his publicist. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny because I have an artist like that too. And and I tell that he feels the need to go live every time someone says something negative about him or he hear and I'm like, that's not no, we're not doing that. Because you're opening up a door that we don't even need to be opened. We don't need to let people know you're bothered by that. You know what I mean? Come back with, you know, a song, a record that's going to make them want to keep talking crap about you. You know what I mean? That's how you deal with it. You don't have to go live. You don't have to respond to every little thing because then that person sitting back and like, wow, guess what I just did. And you know what I mean? It should just be no sweat. Keep it moving. This is a business. So you as the artist, you have to keep your feelings and emotions in check too. And that's yeah. and that's our role as a publicist to make sure that they that they stay in that, you know, in that lane. Don't get your don't bring your feelings and emotions into this. He said you suck, okay, so you suck. Move on. You don't have to address him. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So a lot of them need that that reminder. Because a lot of you them know, do get in their emotions. Do you know what I also wonder too? 
But it's true though. Artists will get quick in their emotions, really quick. Yeah, you. But you know, well, a couple of things. One, I think that if you're an artist and you put out art, then you gotta. It's, it's fair play. Like, however people feel of about course. it. And feel about it but the other thing i was gonna say is i to me i've seen it seems like the the best strategy to use sometimes for people and i don't know if it's because the ego won't allow them is to just go away take a break sometimes it's right. out of sight out of mind like you know like i think the stuff with the baby if he would just right. just shut off the phone say nothing go away and then right. let somebody else somebody else is going to do something and they're going to fill a new cycle and then you come back that's not to exactly. say that people forget about what you did but I don't know why people just don't sometimes just, just sit down for a little bit. Take a right. moment off, relax. Right. Walk away for a little bit. Right. <laughs> Go back to the basics. Just walk away. Right. Yeah. And I, like you said, I, I think a lot of times it's it's the ego of the artist. You know, they they need to you know to come back with something. Yeah, but to me, it's not. I couldn't see myself sitting online answering every negative comment. About no, myself. because your energy can be put into something else. Yeah, mm -hmm. man, it take you out your out your orbit, man. You exactly. Trying to answer everything, man. That's crazy. Exactly. I couldn't even imagine him being on his phone, like literally scrolling every. Gotta answer everyone. Yeah. Do you have artists though that that actually would say to you, "I, I prefer you manage my social media"? I think got a call. Yeah, I think I think she got a call. I love Talib Kweli, man. I'm a fan of Talib Kweli's music, but I just think that online he just. I'm a big fan, man. He even he even blasted back at, at Kanye. <laughs> yeah. To a video about like yeah, to say that Kanye. Yeah, I just I, I mean how you call it like I'm a, I'm a fan of him, but I just think his need to respond to everybody is is problematic. Like you can't respond to every comment that people make. Like that that also shows me how you defensive. You know you can't you yeah. don't feel like you have the ability to take. There's no you got to be able to take criticism. Some people exactly. Like, people Where's security? Like, like you know you're a huge public figure. So now I'm thinking like where where you're not secure in yourself and what you're doing mm -hmm. like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that yeah, Rob, you had a question? Yeah, from a journalist perspective, how different is it being abroad than being here? Like, how's the oh man. Overseas is incredible. The the love for hip hop overseas is just so much different than it is here. And and I think the big part of that is it's just everything overseas is unity. Everything is support, everything is unity. Um they just love hip hop overall you know what i mean they don't right. nitpick at this artist or the type of music they are just huge fans of hip-hop and embrace everything and yeah. every artist and even if it's maybe music they don't like they still you know share support encourage it's right. just completely different than right, it is right. here it's a and that's why so many people are, are touring overseas yep. you know onyx they stay in russia russia is like they are so in love with Onyx. Like that's their home. You know what I mean? Um, United Kingdom is another is a huge one. Germany, all Japan. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's just it's just a different feel overseas than it is here. They're true to hip true to hip hop culture. They are. And I see exactly. It. My, my uncle just not just moved to London, but he's out there in London. Shout out to Demetrius behind the lens. He's a photographer, and he just did a, a showcase with DJ Ego. Mm. He's with um, Khaled's team out there. Yeah. It turned out real nice. I was like, yo, man, we can't get that energy out here like that. It's something that's <laughs> going up out here, son. <laughs> you know, they had a great time, man. Yeah. Out the team, man. So, the yeah. vibe is just different. It really is. It's just different. It's sad, really. This is the yeah. whole over here, but we crazy as shit, man. Well, yeah. nah, you know, I think also co the commercialization and, uh, and the, the capitalistic aspect of it, like, yeah. you know, it's so much about money in the States, whereas yes. it's the love of the culture. It's, Absolutely. They, what got going on over there, I think, is what we have probably, like, from the 80s to maybe, I want to say, like, mid-90s. 90s, yeah. You know, like, See. once corporations got involved and it became about the big money, like, the integrity, the fabric yeah. of it became compromised. But over Absolutely. Is this... It's different, like, you know, people still appreciate vinyl. 
tapes, yes. sweatpants, and merch. Yes. Yes. And you know what? Like you said, there's no red tape over there. It's just so simple over there. It really is. Here, it's, you know, forget it. The, the money, the politics, the red tape, it's just, it's it's different. It is different. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that, that eventually the states will get back to hip-hop in, in its purest form. I, don't, I, like, I say that because I, I think it's so much money in hip-hop. I don't think anybody thought that hip-hop would be this profitable for this That's long. Right. And I think that now people are just like, you know what, we're going to continue to... to right. you know, hip-hop probably made so many millionaires and billionaires, you know, as a, as a result of it that I, I don't know if it'll ever get back to its purest form. I'm hoping it does. I'm hoping the more artists, um, major and up and coming, stay independent, that eventually, you know, we, we can get back there again. Mm hmm. It's to me, it kind of it makes me think, though, like even with the artists, because I think that the artists contribute to it and they have a part of it. But I also think that the other practices put in place, like to me, again, right. whenever a dollar is inserted, it becomes something different because you overseas you know they have people that are doing shows and they're doing shows in venues that may hold a couple of thousand people right you know show even the even the optics again talking about optics and looking at it looking at the environment yeah. the atmosphere the show is such greater than seeing somebody in a 15 16,000 seat arena right. and half the seats are blocked out because they couldn't sell it out or whatever right you're saying yeah I, I, I played the Barclays it's just a dip to me it's just a different animal and I think that that's why they have their, their a stranglehold on hip hop because you know they've they've embraced it, you know. And, uh, yes. and the other thing, of course, is the fact that we put our legends out the pasture and call them washed up. <laughs> but over there, they still consume. The Absolutely. That to me is a big piece Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. You know what? Once once the major major artists and and all our OGs pulled away from the labels and went independent. That's when everyone said, you know, they're washed up. They need to just hang up their hats. They're not doing anything. And it's crazy because they've never stopped. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? The, um, Lords of the Underground, they're still touring. They've never stopped. Onyx never stopped touring. You know what I mean? They're still putting out new music. It's just that that switch is what made everyone say, oh, hip hop's dead. and. You know what I mean? And it's crazy because no other genre of music is so focused on age except hip hop. Exactly. And I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, you have Ozzy Osbourne on stage with like a cane and like he's getting, you know, bowed down to. I don't get it. I appreciate all of my heroes. I, I say it all the time. I love hearing to that exit album. I love hearing mm. Album. Grand Poover got a new album. Mm -hmm. You can see these guys, like, they still got that same yes. soliloquy, man. You like, oh, it's this music. I love yep. it. Oh, you know, I want to give a shout out to, shout out to Word is Bomb blog. And I went on there. and I, Oh, I write for them too. I went on there and I scrolled through and I found out Stretch and Bobbito had some unreleased tracks of meth and Gold wow. Street. And I took it was a little tree shot. I had little backdrops. I was like, oh, what did I get? <laughs> <laughs> you travel, you looking for some fun, just, mm. I like searching for stuff like that. Yeah. I was a Jew. Shout out to your team, whoever got going on, the word is born. That was dope. Yeah. yeah, that's the site you want to go to to find like stuff that you're not going to find anywhere else. That was dope. I like that. Yeah. Speaking of talking about culture and hip hop culture, Stretch Armstrong and Barbito, like. Yeah, they're still like, going. Yeah, they're still going. Yeah, see, that's that's the stuff though that I think that we gotta figure out. Like, how do we embrace? And to me, you know, the the, the, the consumers. Yeah. yeah, but a lot of the, a lot of the consumers, and I don't, I wouldn't even blame it on like the younger generation. I think consumers our age also have turned their back on some of the artists, you know. And it's yeah. like, which like once they stop associating with the the major label, a narrative was created. Yep. You know, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if the label wasn't responsible for creating that narrative. Oh, you know, you're not on, you're not Warner Brothers, you're not on Warner Brothers anymore, so you're right. finished now. Person's washed right. up. It, you know, exactly. Just, you know, and it's exactly. But the quality, the quality of the music hasn't hasn't changed. No, it hasn't. It has still good music. It absolutely is. Billy Dan's last project he put out, the listening session, is off the mm -hmm. chain. Great. 
off the chain. <laughs> I mean, that's a perfect example. Like, you know what I mean? Off the chain, off the chain. How does, if, um, if an up and coming artist, if they want to work with you and they want to get your services, how do they, you know, I know how, well, we know how to get in contact with you, but how do they approach you? How do they partner with you to get your services? A lot of times it's word of mouth. So everyone usually kind of will just hit me up either through my website or through social media. Um, a lot of times people come correct. A lot of times people don't come correct. So, you know, it's kind of putting people in their place from the first conversation. Um, but yeah, that's usually how people reach out is, um, or somebody will refer them to me. Um, but you know, when you're doing it this long, the best way obviously is word of mouth. Um, What's, give us an example of not coming correct. You don't have to say the person's name, but what's not coming correct? Um, uh, what this one guy was like, oh, yo, bro, I see you with MOP. I'm trying to get on Sway. That was one. Um, yo, I, I was on your Instagram page. I peeped it. What can you do for me? How can you make me famous? You know, stuff like that. And meanwhile, you go to their page and they have like, you know, 12 followers and three posts. <laughs> so things like that, you know, first don't call me yo, don't call me bro, don't call me sweetie. My name is right there, you know, come correct. Oh man, Sally says you guys will put me on the sites I've never heard of to find underground hip hop. I'm glad I tuned in. Appreciate you, Marcellus. Yes, you definitely want to uh, go to the Word Is Bond. You definitely want to go to Weekly Rap Gods. You want to go to Boom Bap Nation. That's the spots to go to. Go to Brolic Tunes too, son. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's, there's, there's the sites out there, the music is out there and everything. Yes. I think we, gotta, we have to continue to promote them and steer yep. people to you know, because again, like I think that the commercialization and capital capitalism has really shifted hip hop to a whole nother place. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna ask you this also for, so you tell us about a uh, new and up and coming artist that you may be working with that we should we should be checking for. Cause one per a person I, I believe you rep that I really like is I think you got son of Tony also, right? I did, I was working him for a little bit. He's He's dope. He's yeah. really, really dope. He's refreshing. It's refreshing to the ears when you listen to him. He's it really like is. Kinda. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's dope. Um, also, let's see. Some of them are established and seasoned. Um, GQ is a dope artist, but he's not really up and coming. These are kind of, I'm looking at my list as I'm talking. <laughs> um, yeah, these are these are like they've already in the game. We have Jay Waiters um, from Texas. He's a really dope R&B singer, but he has a lot of um, hip hop artists that you know are featured on his tracks. So you get that the rhymes and the vocals mix. It's beautiful, right. beautiful right, music. Right. Last I just did. Who was I just talking about? Yeah, Jay Waiters, and he's uh, yeah he's out in Texas. Shout out to him. Um, Soul Rack. I, did, I had I don't know if I hooked you guys up with Soul Rack, but he is he's the boom bap king, um, adult contemporary hip hop artist, um, true to the culture. The content is there. Everything is conscious, thought provoking, incredible, incredible artist. Um, he's Florida, um, but he literally I mean, if you are boom bap, you know, the, the lyrics, the content, the storytelling, the wordplay, that's your artist that you want to go to, Soul Rack. And he has a dope track out now called History, um, which is kind of about him coming up and everything he's been through and wanting to kind of reverse that so he can give better to his son. So his son is not, you know, walking in the steps that he walked in. It's a really, really dope track. Um, <clears throat> we got Pop the Brown Hornet. He's definitely not up and coming. Up and coming. He's a very seasoned artist. He is like Mr. Staten Island. Um, yeah, Staten Island Pop uh, Brown Hornet. He's got um, a new track out. Something, something spicy for the ladies called Touchy Feely. Um, that's a dope track too. And he actually just sent me some new music today. So that's gonna be dope. Um, there's so many. Nina Ladine, she's a very, very uh, soulful R&B artist, beautiful voice. Um, Jerika White is another um, phenomenal um, up and coming R&B artist, beautiful, beautiful voice. 
So, I mean, I have a little mixture of everybody on my roster from up and coming to seasoned to established to, you know, the OGs. So it, it's nice having that kind of mix, you know, to work with everyone like that. Is it harder to break uh, R&B artists or hip hop artists? It depends on the type of hip hop. Um, R&B, I think, is, is, is a little tricky in terms of, um, for me anyway, uh, DJs and radio shows. Um, not so much the blogs and things like that. But hip hop, it, it really depends. What I find, which as a fan kind of frustrates me, is it's easier for me um, to promote an artist who does trap music than an artist who's putting out, you know, boom bap or, you know, conscious hip hop. It, it's easier for me to target the trap artists. You know what I mean? Wow. Sometimes when I'm working with the boom bap artist, if I'm doing a DJ blast during the campaign, sometimes I have to do that blast more than once. You know what I mean? And and that that's frustrating because, you know, that's the music that you'll see a lot of fans our age say, where can we go to get this dope music? Uh, yeah. um, but for some reason, you know, the trend, what's hot, people gravitate towards that yeah. more so than they would, you know, authentic hip hop. So yeah. it, it's, it becomes challenging. Is the criteria for you to rep a person that you have to like the music? Because I'm be honest, for me, I'd no. probably be like, if I, if, if I don't, if the music don't speak to me, I'd probably be like, nah, I'm not, I couldn't. No. But, but, <laughs> but see, that's because your lane is different than mine. Because your lane is different than mine. Um, for me, I don't have to like, I don't have to particularly be a fan of the music, but there has to be that mutual respect between myself and the artist. As long as I know that I can navigate him in the direction that, or her, that they need to go in, you know, so they can get a fan base. So, you know, we can target the audience that they want. We can target the DJs that are gonna play their music, then I don't have to necessarily be a fan of that track. Because part of it, again, a publicist is all, you know, we're selling, we're pitching. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, does it help if I'm, you know, if I love the music? Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, in my professional hat, as long as I am putting their music out to where it's going to be receptive, then the artist is good. Yeah, I guess in my mind, the way it works, if I heard the track and I'd be like, man, this ain't good. How am I tell other people it's good or... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm very, I'm very objective. When, when I do my pitches, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's objective. I mean, it definitely sells, obviously, but it's also very objective um, because as a journalist and as a writer, that's what you have to do too when you're you're posting on, on different sites. So, and when I work with the artists, I'll let them know, listen, this is not my particular cup of tea, but we can still get it to where people will, will drink the tea. I just personally will not necessarily drink the tea. And, <laughs> I like and, they're, that. and they're okay with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they're okay with that because, I'm sorry? I say, yeah, because everything is not for everybody. Exactly. And when you, when you tell it, when you tell them like that, then they're more receptive because at the end of the day, they don't care if I like the music. They just want to make sure I can do my job and give it to the people who are going to like it. That's true. Have you ever found yourself in a position where you like really had to convince an artist to come on a platform and they probably they were opposed to it? You had to you had to sell them on it, and then when they finally got on it and did whatever the interview or whatever it was, they came back to you and was like, "Man, thank you for convincing me to do this." Yes, I, I yes. Um, one particular artist who is um, gets in their feelings a lot. Um, so they already knew of the podcast. So they were already aware, of, you know, some of the questions. Sometimes they like to dig, you know, into personal stuff and things like that. And, and this particular artist is not really comfortable with that. Um, you know, so it did take a lot of coaching. And listen, this is how you redirect a question if you really don't want to answer it. You know, this is how you redirect them. I, you know, I just want to talk about my album. I don't particularly want to talk about that. This is what I'm promoting. You know what I mean? So it kind of took a lot of coaching. And then after he did the interview, he was like, oh, wow, I'm so glad I did that. I felt like I was in control. I didn't let them, you know, manipulate the interview. So, yeah, 
definitely. Because that was a major interview. So I really didn't want this artist to miss it because yeah. it definitely would have, it opened more doors for him after he did the interview. Nice. So what's the, what's the toughest part of what you do? The toughest part is um, when you're when you're trying to work with an artist, you see their potential, um, but they're not really um, receptive to criticism or receptive, you know, to the artist development part of it. Um, that that's definitely the most challenging, you know. And then it's you make a decision: do you know I keep trying to plug, plug, and plug away at this artist, or do I just kind of you know let them go and you know learn for themselves? Um, right. That's the biggest challenge, definitely. I'm sorry. Really? I said, what is something you think a company fails to understand about social media marketing? One more time, because I can't hear nothing on my end. What's something that you think a company fails to understand about social media marketing? About what companies fail to realize? Like, what do you mean companies? Like, uh, say if you're pitching uh, something about Billy Dan and they don't get Billy Dan, you know, what, what are they missing in that, that, that marketing campaign that you want them to understand about? They're, they're missing everything, basically. Um, you know, social media and, and marketing is, is key. I mean, for everybody, regardless if they're up and coming, established or major, because that's, again, that's that's the public. That's where everyone is going to get their information, to get their music, to get everything. So if that's not there and if it's not consistent, no one's gonna pick it up. Mm. Have you um have you had the experience of having to actually handle uh, artist social media? Like yeah. run an artist social media? Yeah. How was that for you? Uh, <laughs> that's funny because um, one of them in particular I had to stop because he was um, a young young R&B artist phenomenal artist I mean this guy probably 19 or 20 but his music was incredible like really took people back to like the old R&B days and for someone so young to do it is incredible so you can imagine the females that were in this this artist DMs was <laughs> off the hook. Now I never go into the messages. I just go in and post and schedule their post. But because I had access to it, my phone is now dinging off the hook with all these notifications of these females in his DM. <laughs> so I was like, look, I, I can't do it. I cannot manage your page. Absolutely not. I can't do it. <laughs> wow. It was, I mean, it was insane. It was insane. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine that that would be difficult. Like even just running somebody else's social media would be a lot. It is a lot. Cause again, it's just the notifications going off. And, and you know, I don't do it um, for the long haul. It's usually just to get them up, to get the platform seen, to build their fan base, to get their numbers up, you know, and then they, they kind of learn what I'm doing um, and then they take it over. But him, I had to cut short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob. Now I was gonna say, man, I, I, I went on Hip Hop Connect, and upon opening it, I loved the post of UMC, and I just went and took me right back to high school. The one to grow on, son. Mm -hmm. My favorite joint. But you know what missed me? I didn't know these dudes I didn't know UMCs. Come on, this is high school. These guys are rocking. Wow. Didn't I have um, Hodge G on your show? No, we gotta set. We have to set that up, though. No, we I gotta, thought we I had him on your show. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we can set that up immediately. Definitely. Yeah, they have um, a new documentary coming out called. Um, oh, what's it called? I just said the write about it for the trailer. Um, the UMC Staten Island's Forgotten Sons that's yeah. what it is and it kind of goes into you know their story from you know how they came up uh, you know the first um, hip hop group at the Staten Island the first hip hop group um, on Soul Train the first hip hop group from Staten Island to have two number ones on the billboards yeah, um, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's dope. It's dope. And remember, too, Martin had the uh, the Fruits of Nature poster 
on the wall of, in the living room on the set. <laughs> yeah, so that uh, that documentary should be coming out uh, sometime in the new year. They just finished the trailer for it. It's really dope. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny because in the trailer, Will I Am was like, I grew up with these dudes. I'm like, yeah, me too, son. <laughs> yeah. I could see Will I Am and I could, I could totally see Will I Am and UMC's. Like, that was it. That, that, I don't know if either one of you had a chance to see it yet. Did you see the Video Music Box documentary? Yes, I did. No. That the Video Music I did. Box documentary. Very, very well done. That took that to me was hip hop. That took me back and made me think about running home from school to to, to get home in time by 3:30 to turn on Video Music Box. And one of the videos I, I would yes. always see these on there. <laughs> that was I used to run home to record that. Press play, press record on the center. I mean, PCR, bro. Yeah. yeah. I think Video yeah. Music Box yeah. more like. Like a like a um, East Coast thing, because on the West Coast they had the box where you could call in, you would right. you could record songs like yeah. Uh, Uncle Ralph is, is is definitely East Coast. Mm -hmm. He's yeah, definitely he's a... East Coast. Yep, still doing it, still doing it. Still rocking out, yo. Still rocking. Well, MJ, I appreciate you taking time to um to link up with us. Me anything too. You wanna, oh, anything you want to promote or, or give out any information as it pertains to any one of your artists, please feel free. Anything you got going on? Um, definitely, um, the main thing definitely is to uh, tune in tomorrow. I'll be posting a link for the um, album release party of uh, Arrested Development, their new album. Again, this is the first album that they have, um, you know, equally scaled heavy hitters on the album. Big Daddy Kane, Memphis the Ace, Freddie Fox, um, mm. Moni Love, everybody's on it. Um, so that's at 7 p.m. hosted by June Archer of This Is 50 with DJ Chaotic. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be dope. Um, for any music and and news of any artists that I work with, you can just go to my Instagram page, Facebook, Twitter. Everything is MJ's Hip Hop Connects EX across the board everywhere. Thank you. Thanks or you again. can just Google me. You can find me that way too. <laughs> Social worker slash publicist. MJ from MJ's Hip Hop Connects. Peace, everybody. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Thank you, gentlemen. Take care. God bless you.